All right, social media family. Thank you once again for joining us for another installment of the Karis Bible Study Series, A Better Way to Pray. Now, we are on Lesson 9 tonight. Lesson 9, and the subtitle is A Ploy of the Devil. A Ploy of the Devil. So what we'll do is let's go to Luke 18. Luke chapter 18, and we'll be looking at verses 1 through 8. Now be coming from the the New King James. And it reads like this. Then he spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. Saying, there was in a certain city a judge who did not fear God, nor regard man. Now there was a widow in, this, in that city, and she came to him saying, get justice for me from my adversary and he would not for a while but afterward he said within himself though i do not fear god nor regard man <coughs> yet because this widow troubles me i will avenge her lest by her continual coming she worry me <clears throat> verse 6 then the lord said hear what the unjust judge said and shall god not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them. I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nonetheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? Okay. Now, we're looking at that. There's a, there's a lot of things we can kind of sit on. Now, in, in those verses, what jumps out at you? It kind of makes you think that you have to beg and, 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 and pester God to get anything done. Okay. All right. Because if you take it at face value, mm -hmm. just looking at verse 4 and 5, I'm going to read verse, verse 5 in the New Living Translation. It says, but this woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she is wearing me out with her consistent requests. Now, if you just stop reading right there, what's the what's the lesson you're gonna receive? What she said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You gotta you gotta just be worsen. Like like one of you, one of the one of those children that keeps worrying about that piece of candy at the grocery store. Now, some of us had a different experience with that, but I'm not going to go there. <laughs> but it's like the, the idea that, you know, the, 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 the persistent worrying, like, God, please, you've got to do this, please. That's the key to getting prayer answered. Now, if we stop there and we t interpret this verse like this and we apply it to our prayer lives, 
then what's the implication of that? How is that going to impact us? Is it going to be positive or negative? Negative. I've heard that preached so many times and they stop right there. They don't go any further. And you leave thinking, well, i got to bombard heaven to get anything done. Yeah, yeah, you got to just keep keep on, keep on, keep on. Do you see it manifest or you feel like? But verse 8 straightens it all out. So he'll avenge them speedily. But here's the other thing about it. What if you do all this and still don't get no results? Now that's even more frustrating. Yeah, really. Yeah, it makes it look bad. Then you pull back and you say, well, okay, this don't work. And then God takes a demotion in your life because you use this as. It's like, God, I did everything you said, now you still don't. Right. Now, now how, how real is that? How many of us have or are dealing with something like that? And then all my prayer meetings. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. By morning, lots of times when things happen. But you prayed all night and you realized you had to I've never prayed all night. I was fall asleep. Uh, well, we, some of us nap. I dreaded that stuff. If it cheese and wheeze, I'd be like, oh gosh. I'll I'd wake God, up under the, under the pew, sound asleep. <laughs> Sometimes you go home and you do it. You know, pray all night. Somebody's sick. I had a, one of my um, peers, one of the girls in youth group, actually the pastor, so I might have told this story before, but anyways, for the reference of this, I'll tell it again. It was, um, she had to get her mom, the pastor, she was the pastor's wife and pastor, the lady pastor was telling me about, she goes, so-and-so had to call her to pick her up at a different location. She had went, um, the daughter had went on a missions trip, and she was telling her mom, she's like, mom, it was good and stuff, but she goes, in between everywhere they went, they prayed they had prayer meetings in the bus coming home everywhere. They were gonna like meet at this one place a little further away. She's like, Mom, can you pick me up? Let's just say it was like Northern Virginia or something. She's like, Sure, I got you. And I, I made a joke. I go, It's like, Yeah, God, it's like, I'm sorry I didn't have time for you, God. I was too busy praying. Because <laughs> you know, I felt, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean that that raises a real practical point, right? Because if you, you know, if you have the idea that in order to see efficiency in the answers in your prayer to actually see results in your prayer life that you have to beg begging takes time it takes energy right so um, from a practical perspective you're you're pretty pretty it can consume what you refer to as your relationship with god your your time pleading right? and and it just it takes away from a lot of other things yeah. that's almost the work <laughs> Your faith is in your begging. Right. It's your begging that's going to get an answer, not your faith. Yeah, then if you get results, then you get credit for it. Because mm-hmm. I begged oh, so bad. all night. Yeah, I prayed all night that yeah, I had results. My prayer started getting answered quickly when I would ask the Lord, what would you have me pray for? Like I'd make myself a blank slate mm-hmm. and say, put something on my heart to pray for from you. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be praying for me. I want to be praying, tell me what you want me to pray for. And when you do that, things happen pretty quick. That's good. That's good. That's good. I was thinking about Proverbs 13 and 12 when we were talking about, you know, when we don't see 
manifestation. Like what what happens? What do we do? Right. Yeah. Hope, mm -hmm. hope deferred <laughs> makes the heart, the heart sick. Mm -hmm. But when desire, when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. Now, Gene says something though. <clears throat> it's profound. Like when you talk about what to pray for. Now, Scripture says a lot of times we know not to pray for pray as we ought. Right. So if I put myself in a position where, like, okay, Lord, you know what? I don't even know what to pray for. I need your help to tell tell mm -hmm. me what to pray for. All right. So that way, I'm kind of I'm putting myself in a position where I'm not pulling from my own understanding, but I'm 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 asking for His guidance to even know what to ask for. Mm -hmm. So that's, you know, that's, I mean, that's pretty, that's a pretty profound statement because if, if I can get into a pattern of that, like a habit of that, then it's going to help me with this, with verse 12, because I can ask for things and desire things, but it's not necessarily what God has in store for me. But if I'm looking for that thing, and my heart is set on that thing, and that thing is delayed or doesn't come, I can be a victim of this. Because I think we all go through, when we first get saved, you go through the God catalog, and you want this house, and you want this car, and you want this job, and making this much money, you know? And you haven't consulted him at all. You just, you're going through the catalog. <coughs> What's everything I desire? You know, when you start, because I know I've been there. Well, I think the thing that people don't talk about is other verses depend on that. Our desires are supposed to come from time spent with Him. Mm -hmm. When His Word abides in us and we abide in Him. When they're that close, you will be more in sync with the will of the Father. That's why I married you, because you're so smart. <laughs> yeah, you do that in there. Or something, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. That's good. But it, I don't think it is just anything you desire. No, it's what comes as out of relationship with Him. And I'm not saying. I mean, he, they're all things, practical things that we're supposed to have. But you know what I'm talking about. Right. But it's true. Yeah. You can go back to childhood. There's, you know, think about this. You know, I love kids. There's, there's, you know, little boys, little girls, but. I want to be a police officer. They it, this carries them all through it, and as they get older, they begin to if they love God, they go. I really want. I, it's so strong, and it's like, go for it. Mm -hmm. Some things he put in puts yeah. in us. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like you said, I guess it's the time you spend with God. It's like, mm -hmm. then you realize you're like, God is that? It's like absolutely go for that. Mm -hmm. I, I well, gave that to you. Then you get to the place <laughs> where, where uh, he just he he just adds all those things to you. You're just seeking His will only. And then the things, he gives you things that you don't have to ask for. Well, see, all these years, there were things I didn't think, I didn't even think about. I mean, so, you know, it's only, I didn't realize that all along it's been there. Mm -hmm. But I didn't think I could ask mm -hmm. for, you know, I just kept putting it to the side. Yeah. And then when you, you hear him going, you, you have this all along. Because mm -hmm. you talk to him, you, you talk to him, yeah. you go, this is here, what do I do? And then the sidebar, and this kind of like gets another tangent, but it's 
than like me where I had desires that were from God all my life, but I was told it wasn't from God and it made God look really bad. And then finally it was like, hey, it's okay. I gave it to you all along. Don't, don't, don't be scared, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But again, it comes with time to God. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, hold on. I saw the religious skeptic has made another appearance. He he rolled his eyes <laughs> when when he when he rolled his eyes when when Terry said what she did. Stand and then he the says, "Hold on." He he texts me. He says, "This is what I don't like about y'all word people. Y'all be double talking." <laughs> Doesn't it say in the in, in Matthew? I mean Mark eleven twenty three. You shall have whatsoever you say. You desire. So which one is it? It is when God gives you the desires. You have them. But Mr. Gene, that doesn't say it right there. But you can't just take one verse out of context. You have to put it in the whole context. And there's a verse, seek you first the kingdom. If you're seeking the kingdom, those desires are going to be his. See, because it says, if you live in me and my words remain in you and continue to live in you, that means that's just not once a week. Ask whatever you will and it shall be done for you. So it's how, how... your relationship with Christ is the word that's in you, and that'll bring forth the right And your asking is important. You know, you're not going to pray for gold plate at Cadillacs, you know, if you're really spending time with God. I think, too, when you spend a lot of time with God, even if you have it, I mean, even when you do have a true desire, um, like, if you want to be, like Mom was saying, a police officer, you're going to be a teacher. Or you want to get married and have children or whatever, but then when like you get with God, and you really start seeing the true meaning behind the desires, if that makes sense, they they have more meaning because when you realize how much God loves you, then you want to kind of give that love out and not kind of you want to, and it it affects everything. It affects your goals, your life, and everything. Okay. And back to that, when he says. <clears throat> Whoever says this mountain be lifted up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt at all in his heart but believes that what he says will take place, to really have that strong a belief, it has to be based on something. Right? We don't just pull things. Jesus didn't mean just pull anything out of the air. You have to believe in your heart. Well, where does that believing come from? From either something in the written word or God gives you a rhema word, but you have something to hook on to. That's what you believe in your heart. It's not just, I think I'll have one of those. I mean, this, this belief is... I know, guy, I, I know a guy went to a deal. He was arguing with me about 11, Mark 11, 23, 24. And he said that he went to a Cadillac dealer and told him to order two Cadillacs for him, one for him and one for his wife. He didn't have the money now, but he was believing God and he was going to have it within a couple of weeks. He told him, go ahead and order the cars. He told me, and I said... You have done lost your mind. <laughs> and I asked him, I said, you order alligator shoes with the tails on them too? To go with those two caddies? Yeah. Mm. Okay. Does that mean that God would never tell you to do no, that? No, 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 no. But this, no. this guy was just running off in presumption, yeah. read that scripture and believed that he was looking at the God catalog. The difference. That wasn't really something deep in his heart. My okay, I think I think he's offline now. He he got upset and left. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard anything. No, I just think it, that's to me that's huge when you start talking about praying and um, getting his desires. Because I mean I don't hear that a lot. I hear, you know, we human. We want what we want. Mm-hmm. 
you know, <coughs> if I want if I want this career and because you know, and your motivation be because this career makes a lot of money or mm-hmm. it may be just something you want to do, mm-hmm. not necessarily money, but I mean, is there room for God to change that? Because I always, I might tell people, I tell people, hey, I, I mean. I wanted to go to football. That's I, I was good at it. This is what well, there was nothing wrong with that. But that's smart. I'm sports fanatic. That's what I love to do. Hey, what better to do something you love and get paid for it? Mm-hmm. You know, it's just that was just my desire. It's just something I wanted to do. But I remember going to God and said, okay, <coughs> you know, you you lay your plan for him. This is what I want. Mm-hmm. This is what I want, want to do. This is what my career is. Mm-hmm. Okay, but as Gene said, what do you want? What do you want me to do? This but is what but, I but do. you get to a place where he wants what you want. Right. That's because I've been there. Like I, I enjoy guns and I enjoy fishing. I've been at gun shows where I looked at a gun and said, no, nah, and I walk away from it. And he turned me around and said, no, go ahead. Go ahead and buy that. Go ahead back. In fact, one time I walked back and there was a man standing there admiring the rifle that I wanted. And when he saw me walking back down, he said, this is yours. I saw the way you looked at it. I knew it was yours when you looked at it. And he handed me the rifle. And I, I paid for it. And he's led me to buy rifles for $100 that today are worth $1,000 in the past, you know? So, I mean, God's interested. Like, if you got a hobby and you love it, he's interested in it. But you get to a place where it's not overtaking you or not... On your mind all the time. God will be right in there with you. But when I pursued that, you know, I was doing, I was coaching, I mean, you know, high school level, assistant coach, and this and that. And, you know, I remember an opportunity came for me to kind of go somewhere else to coach promotion. And I was like, okay, yeah, this is my opportunity. And something was like, nope. Don't do it. <laughs> Don't do it. It's not where I want you to go. And you know, and you still, you know, and I mm-hmm. heard you, you fighting, like, you want to put your hand in the air and say, no, this because, mm-hmm. okay, this is perfect, know. right? This you is the perfect opportunity for me to do this. If you hey. come back around. Right. Because that was all I mean, here's the door open. <clears throat> like, don't walk through it. Don't walk through it. And, you know, you kicking and screaming and says, why? You know, so, but, and eventually told me, okay, now I want you to walk away from coaching. Got something else for you to do. So, but my point is, you have to. It can't be just about what you want. Right. You know, you can now you can push. Mm-hmm. And continue to pursue what he didn't call you to, but you're not gonna get any fulfillment out of it. The fulfillment is not gonna be there. And before we married, uh, I was praying to get involved in a, in a ministry, and when after I proposed to her. I got a phone call from New York City, this big ministry, saying, we need you right now. Come on down. We got a room for you. You know, we got it all set up. And I remember talking to her. She said, what are you going to do? I said, I'm going to marry you. (laughs) (laughs) Because I I, I knew the ministry thing was something that was from before. And then when I I met her, I knew I was supposed to marry her. But the enemy enemy came up. Go ahead. The enemy came up and tried to postpone the marriage. Tried to stop it. No. It took me took five years for the Lord to give me that truck. So I'm, I'm happy with that. It was. There are certain things that we can be sure of. 
God's will. Whatever we know, healing, mm -hmm. right? Those things that we know are His will. Right. The other things, I'm learning just to share with Him the desires of my yep. heart, yep. and then then allow Him to sanctify what's of Him, and let go of everything else. And it just keeps you in peace. Yeah. And He's always yeah. He's always taking care of me. I mean, I love to fish. He's given me a nice boat. I got I got a bunch of fishing poles and places to go to go fishing and. I mean, when I asked him for a boat, remember, within a week I had a boat, mm -hmm. and I, he never moves that fast for me, you know. But within a week I had a boat, a nice boat. Okay, all right. So we've already exposed a couple of strategies that the enemy uses. One is discouragement. Mm -hmm. Another, it, we, another one which we talk about all the time is character slandering, mm -hmm. right? Because that's what we, you know, when we look at verse 18, I mean, chap, chapter 18 of Luke, in, the, in this story, <clears throat> is Jesus again painting this picture about if this unjust judge can rule on this woman's behalf, how much more will our Heavenly Father mm -hmm. be for us? How much more will our Heavenly Father manifest in See? our lives? Right. She struggled with the you know, he's trying to take something from her, all her desires, all her heartfelt, every, anything, everything in life. Yeah. And you can't have that. You can't have that. You can't have that. Nope, 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 nope. And if you're seeking the kingdom, the stuff he adds to you, it'll blow your mind. It'll be stuff you thought about having, but you never really asked for it. And then all of a sudden he gives it to you anyway. And sometimes the, the desire is right. The time is wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. That's why I've learned to just, to... It's your time. Maybe. I don't know when it's the right moment for me. Hmm? You, you had that, that desire. You just may not have been the right time. Yeah, yeah. and I understand Next that. Next thing you know, yeah. this door, the, you might walk up right. this door and you go like, come in here and tell us like, guess what? <laughs> mm -hmm. This door is presented itself and God's like, don't walk. Run through it. Because sometimes we, like Andrew says, we put limitations on God. We don't see the full picture of what he wants to do in our lives. So we're asking small, and he's thinking large. I was thinking about Hannah and her prayer for a son. That was her personal. God wanted needed to do something larger for Israel. He needed a leader. And, and he needed her to be in a certain position in her character and who she was before that could be birthed out. So some things, we have to grow up sometimes, I think, before. I noticed that too in the Bible as a side note. Just when you said it made me think, sometimes there's been a couple of instances, maybe more than that, where a woman's desire to have a baby, it ended up being like something so awesome. Like the John Baptist too. It affected world events, yeah. not just her little personal Elizabeth world. Elizabeth wanted a baby so bad, and then what did the baby end up being? He ended up being like, one of the greatest prophets back then that mm -hmm. introduced Jesus to us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Pretty cool. God and, has a larger picture than we do. And see, and that's why understanding his character and his love for you, see, you 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 can't tangibly and, and practically appropriate that and walk in that if you don't understand the the depth of his love for you. Because if you if you don't, then the what's gonna happen is the circumstance is going is gonna overwhelm you. It's going to, you know, present itself and say, 
Yeah, that sounds good, but it's still like this in that day to day. You talk about like the lens of grace, you know, <clears throat> looking at it through that, and the lens of you know love of God, you know, but it looks distorted sometimes if it's not if you don't look at it the right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Perspective still. Mm-hmm. Everything is perspective. If we're not looking at things right. We won't look at that right. Mm-hmm. And start with the love. Well, he's withholding something from us. Mm-hmm. It's not all, you gotta wait, 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 wait. And when I, when I hear him saying, my kind of way is not what you think. Yeah. I'm not trying it's to hold something back right. from right. you. I'm trying to get something to, to you. That's why there's a song, you know, um, he gives and takes away. And I, no, I won't sing that song. <laughs> no, I used to, and I go, no, he doesn't take anything. <laughs> He's always singing in youth group a billion times over. Well, hold on. I can reframe that. Yeah, he does take away. But what does he take away? That's take away our pain. Oh, yeah, that's good. I like sorrow. that. You turn it in the positive sense. All right. Mm-hmm. Take away my heaviness, depression. That's right. That's good. My discouragement. That's good. Yep. Yeah. So he do give and take away. That's not in that song. Well, I, that's that, that, that's the um, great, like that's the Grace remix. Okay, that's the yeah, Karis remix like, right there. Because Andrew talked like some song here, he goes, he don't sing it. Yeah, he just sings a certain part and he won't sing it. I always figured it was that song. No, it's the one about I'm desperate for you. Yeah, I heard him say that. Yeah, I heard him say that. That's right. Another song he does it like one day at a time. Oh my goodness! Oh no, he like that either, y'all. Oh my goodness. <laughs> but and and we were talking. You know, I was looking at um. Go ahead. Um, the, you know how men we put the the chapters and stuff in there, like chapter seventeen, chapter eighteen. When chapter seventeen, it looks like he's talking about, you know, he's preparing them, you know, for the last days. He's talking about, um. You know, one gonna be taken, the other left, and that kind of thing. So it's the end times. Mm-hmm. So it really seems like, you know, when he talks about prayer, basically in eighteen, I mean, the heat's really being turned up. You know what I mean? It's like a lot going on. Things ain't looking good, but just hold on and don't faint. You know, I mean, this may not apply to us now, but at the same time. I think about times when things ain't going well. He turned up, got a lot of things going on. Then it does apply, but just kind of hold on. Don't faint. The end is coming. The answer is coming to my prayer. That's good. That's good. Now I'm going to read some of our comments from, from Brother David in the chat. He says, distraction, worry, anxiety. You know, all of these are enemies, right? These are things that come against us. Look at how Mary sat at Jesus' feet. This is what we need to do. We are toiling and striving for ourselves. We need to sit at Jesus' feet. The Holy Spirit teaches and brings comfort and peace. All right. This is good. This is good. This is good. Because it, you know, I want to keep reading. Let's go back to Luke 18. <clears throat> and start at verse 9. 
gonna read this in the in New King James. Also, also he spoke this parable okay, to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Two men went up to pray, went up to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. God, I thank you that I'm not like other men, extortioners, unjust, ad adulterers, and even this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the tax collector, standing afar off, would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Now, what, what do we gather after this? Because, see, we, we read this right after the parable of the unjust judge. In the beginning, they said who, who trusted in themselves that they were righteous. So he tells you that this type of, these people who are praying are self-righteous. Self yeah, you know, so this is a self-righteous prayer that they're praying because they're just focusing on themselves. And look what I, you know, it's like they're giving their resume. It's just, look what I did and I did this and I did that. And this is why I got results because I fasted twice a day and paid my tithes. And, yeah, I ain't like them. So he's really, you know, lifting himself up and putting and put other folk down. Okay. He's his really else. lifting himself up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, pointing his finger somewhere else. The other one, I think, he's very humble. And I think we talked about, like, the last time I was here, we talked about how, um, you know, prayer can't be, um, present you as a punishment. Well, if you don't do it, then, you know, well, you ain't gonna get this, you ain't gonna get that, you ain't gonna get this, you ain't gonna get that. And so, mm -hmm. you're praying because he's like, okay, <clears throat> I do want all this stuff, so it's more of a, a job than something that's we just talked about born out of relationship. It's like one communicate, one fellowship with my heavenly father, just talk to him, mm -hmm. communicate, commune with him. Yeah. As something interesting in verse eleven, if you read it in the in the New King James it says, the Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. <laughs> prayed <laughs> thus with himself. Okay. And then it says, parentheses, God, I thank you that I am not like other men. So you, you see like the way it's worded here. Who is he really talking to? Himself. Because it's not, it, I mean. The scripture that comes to your mind when you read that though is, Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, and in due time He'll exalt you. When He's saying that, that's what I was thinking. Mm. I mean, this guy's not even close to humble himself under the hand of God. Okay. Okay. And he was a religious leader, so what? Those those, those people, they were behind the eight ball to start with, with guys like that mm. leading them, you know. Mm. 
Now, hmm. I'm, I'm looking at this too, and I'm like, okay. When, and I'm just thinking about the, the, the different types of teachings I've heard about prayer and what it takes to get prayers answered. And it's like, this this sounds like a couple of conferences that I, I, didn't, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't listen to. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. So it's like, this is this the qualification that I have to bring in order to receive answers? That's when you go back to the Andrew's <clears throat> favorite saying, Jesus plus anything equals nothing. And you start adding your own self-righteousness and all that stuff to it, and you're going downhill rather than uphill. Okay. All right. Now, let's bring the balance, though. Okay. Is there something wrong with fasting twice a week? No. Uh -uh. But you ought to put a tooth, toothpick in your it. mouth and not let anybody know you you're do doing it. If you're thinking that it's going to force God's hand, then no. Okay. And some, people, and it's, some people, I had friends that did that. I'm, gonna, I'm fasting and I'm not eating until God answers my prayer. Well, I hope you don't die. Twisting God's arm. Yeah. So, so it's like you going on a hunger strike. Yeah, that's exactly what it with, was. With the Lord. Can you see God looking at us doing that kind of stuff? He must be saying, it's like a whole my kids are so silly. <laughs> How long is he going to... I put that in there, they're going to twist it. <laughs> oh, really? Now, I got a, um, it's a phrase I grew up with, and some of y'all may have heard it. And it could be positive negative. It, it depends on your heart part. But you remember much prayer, much power. Little prayer, little power. Mm -hmm. No prayer, no power. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay, I'll, hold on. The religious skeptic got, got excited. Mm -hmm. I thought he, he, he emphasized that. Uh, he put a little thumb, thumb, thumbs up on, <laughs> on, that, that, on that one. But now, now, okay, I like how he, he, he said that, though. And now your heart posture, mm -hmm. right? Because there's some, is there truth to that? Yes. Yeah, there's truth to that, yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? Because much prayer, much power now, not because I'm posturing myself like the Pharisee did and, it you know, thinking that I have to work something up in order for God to do something for me. However, much prayer, much communion, much fellowship. There you go. Means what? There, that's it. Communion and fellowship. It's fruit. What was that song? Walking with Jesus, talking with Jesus. Mm -hmm. To me, More that's prayer. Right. To me, that's prayer. When you, and if you're doing that, you're at a different level. Right. Then you are. If you get on your knees and say, "Oh, Holy Father, please bless me," and reading five scriptures and telling what you're going to—I mean, to me, that's that—that's just like I don't know. Religious. Yeah, it's religious. It's... I said it over and over. When I didn't read the Bible, God read it to me. So, and I mean, and I said when I didn't pray, God prayed. I think He prayed to me, but you know, prayer two way. You know, mm -hmm. straight He talked to me, and and I don't know what I did without it. Yeah. That's good. That's good. The Bible, the religious mind. Yeah. Yeah, and and that's the danger of. Religion. Religion. It appeals to the flesh. Mm -hmm. Right. 
Because I'm telling you, I mean, just, you know, just thinking about all of the type of the whack stuff that, you know, I've heard and from, you know, myself and, and, and other people, just talking to other people and their experiences and all this type of stuff. It's like, that is one of the, one of the biggest weapons is to use religion, in air quotes, as a substitute for what God is is offering us in the person of Jesus Christ. Because a religion will jack you up. Because I, you know, I, I was like I said, I was thinking about it. I said, man, be honest, I would I wouldn't be a Christian one with Jesus. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't want to be I wouldn't want to be associated with none of this. But Jesus. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've heard one of my coworkers said, you know, and I was talking to him, and he was saying, well, you know, Christianity is is good for you know for your moral compass, and that's how he looked at it. It's good for it has good moral standards to it. And, you know, you look at that and it's like, okay, yeah, you know, thou should not kill, thou should not steal, thou should commit adultery, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, okay, I can see that. But here's the problem. Do, do you have the equipment to carry all that out? How I see it is that the, the lowest bug in the universe can have fellowship with the creator of the universe. Mm -hmm. and can walk with him and talk with him and sing with him and love him and he loves me back that is amazing that, that he would even do that you know that to me that's Christianity it's just fellowship with him he fellowshipping with you and then your relationship grows just like you're married you know and it goes and goes and goes yeah but for him it would just mm -hmm. give me a good moral compass mm -hmm. yeah and, and the closer you get to him the more you reject you reject religion mm -hmm. I mean, the more you see it as being false and phony and people just trying to earn things. Well, what he's talking about is something pretty external. Right. Yeah. It's external. Yeah. Right. And that's all he looked that's at. That's all he knew. Yeah, mm -hmm. external. Oh, yeah. Like, well, well you know. I went to a church and, and they got into that. The way you dress mattered big time. You had to sign a paper saying that you would never go into public and do anything that would uh, disgrace the church. You promise not to smoke or drink or chew or hang with those that do, basically. Mm -hmm. I mean, you had to sign a paper. And you couldn't be a member of the church until you were a tithing member for four or five years or something. I mean, it was really, it was difficult. Man, that, that's a lot of regulation. What was the benefit package? Uh, that you could go there. You could say so, you were going there. Okay, so, I mean, that that's it. There's just attendance. That, that was, that's the door, that's the mm -hmm. door ticket. I remember I worked with a guy that said he, his pastor wouldn't let him go on church that he spoke in tongues. He said, you can't do anything you speak in tongues. And that guy was frustrated. I mean, he was, at one time he was crying in front of me because he, yeah. Aww. Yeah, I mean, it was just frustrating because it's like, okay, one day part of it. brother, find a new church. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Because you are the church. Well, I mean, find I, a and, new building, and they, a new group of people to. In a lovely way, I try to tell him that, mm -hmm. but you know, when you know, sometimes you know, people new in Christ, they come in and you don't want to kind of 
this kind of this. It's like Julius said, there's so many whacks in Christianity. I mean, they're still going to heaven because God's mercy, yeah. but there's so many whacks. I mean, there's so many crazy people. I mean, it's just a story like that. That's what I'm talking about. Because I know, you know, I know stories like that. It's like, yeah. like, like, why would you put that standard on on someone? Then mm -hmm. I mean, it's so far from what the scriptures teach. Right. Mm -hmm. But you know, is everybody doesn't rightly divide the word of truth. Now you know there are always going to be things that you know you see it this way. You interpret it another way. Okay, fine. You know, but it's stuff like that that really it 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 it's a stumbling block yeah. and a hindrance to the gospel. I was I was taken to a holiness church. And I didn't know what one was, and when I got in there, the the men were all that they had. This is the day when men wore white plastic shoes and white plastic belts. Bell bottoms and oh and they had jewelry. The men had jewelry and had necklaces. The, the men had jewelry and necklaces. Now the women, the only thing they were allowed to have was a flower in their hair. No makeup, no lipstick, no no nail polish. A flower in their hair. And for some of those girls, they needed a paint job. I'm That's telling you. Says right, if your barn needs paint, and paint it. Yeah. Twice. <laughs> but I I remember going in there looking around and thinking, wow, there's something so out of balance here. You know, to, to comment on that, it's funny you say that, Mr. Jean, because I was thinking about a friend of mine that I mentioned a friend before. She, bless her heart, she loves Jesus with all her heart. And I was going to say about clothing, when she had joined the church, she's the, the kind of denomination she's in right now. It's kind of like a holiness, really super, mm -hmm. like, duper. And, like, within a month or two of her going to the church, oh, girl, I got to wear a skirt now and this and that. I'm like, but... But it says it in the Bible, girl. It says it's a shame for women to wear men's clothes. And I'm sitting there like, <laughs> I'm not. And I didn't tell her this guy that there's not really kid that she was convinced. I just, me and her agree to disagree. But I'm just like, because we both love God. I was like, I'm not going to go into Walmart and buy men's Wranglers and some polo shirt and put like makeup to make me look like I'm a dude. That's, that's what I take it as like, don't try to look like them. That's what that scripture means. It means don't have it in your heart that you want to look like a sex that you're not. Yeah, don't. pretty much. And then she, and that's said, what it means. Her teachers would tell her like, when you're in a, like, like a public building, like what we're here gathering, you know, mm -hmm. and you go to the bathrooms and you see the, the figure with the skirt, that's because we're supposed to wear skirts and all this, all this that they told her. Oh, oh my goodness. And I'm like, you know, I've heard Andrew talk about it where he is so glad he got into the Word of God because he loved God and he would have did anything for God. And that's a good place to be, but if you don't know the truth, you will do really <clears throat> weird stuff that could be like very, you know, um, detrimental on you, you know? Right. You know? Yeah. It's sad. That's why I'm thinking, you know, the idea of... Um, um, Scripture is a good moral compass that takes Jesus out of it completely. But we need Jesus to interpret the word for us mm -hmm. because eventually you're going to wind up in a place of conflict. Yes. The book's conflicting until the Lord opens it up and puts the pieces together. There are things that look really contradictory, but, but the Lord has it all woven together. You have to walk it with him all the time. So, that, you know, there are people who will say it's a good moral compass or Jesus was a good teacher. You're not going to stand on that when times get hard mm -hmm. or 
start hearing more of the words, you're just going to wind up in confusion. That's true. As Good a word. Yes, yes, as a testimony to that, I, for clothing, I mean, I'm not saying specifics, but mom knows I struggled for years. First it was, you know, dressed like a nun, and then it was like, well, I don't want to do the nun thing, but then, you know, I didn't want to do the other extreme, and then it really came to talking to God in a personal relationship to have the standards. I'm still working with them because of the years of the bondage and the years of, you know, but I'm like... It all came down to the heart, you know, and God would show me, like, I'd be like, God, what about this or that or this way to dress? Well, what do you think of this? And it would be not like a rule. It would be always a heart thing. You know, it always comes to the heart. And I'm like, oh, you know, yeah. That's good. That's good. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump on the outline. <clears throat> it says, God is not like the unjust judge, making us wait a long time for his answer. He avenges speedily. Mm -hmm. All right, now point A. I want you to listen to this one. The problem isn't God's willingness or ability to give, but rather our ability to believe and receive. Hmm. Okay. okay, now. Is that, is, is that digestible for everybody? Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. You know, what if he answers? He answers your prayer right away. But the answer won't manifest. He says yes to what you ask, but it may not manifest for weeks, months, years. Mm -hmm. So yes to the prayer, but the timing. Mm -hmm. So the, a delay is not a no. To me, right. it's just a question of... I've been saved almost 50 years, and there are so many prayers, there's hundreds of them, that I am so thrilled were not answered. Because when I was young, I mean, I pray, crazy prayers, you know? I mean, you, you're just praying all the time and you're asking for stuff. And I'm, I look back now and just laugh at myself and say, look at you. If you if that happened, where would you be now? You know? So it's it's, it's a trust and rely thing. I mean, that's, well, that's one of the things that the enemy always, he fought me. Um, it was about because she used the word timing. And I wake up, God would give me a word and say, okay, hey. This, this is what you're gonna do. This is what I want you to be. And then, so it's like, okay. And then when you get to where you're excited, it's like, okay, yeah, all right. But then, like you said, time. It's like, okay. And like I said, months and years. And you're like, okay. Wait a minute. You know? Well, like you pray for a wife. His answer is yes. Mm -hmm. But maybe Thank she's you very much. six years down the road. Right. It's still yes. But that's what we struggle with, the timing, because mm -hmm. we think, okay, if he said it today, I'm going to It should happen it. tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And so, mm -hmm. that, and you know, and I'm in that mindset, too. It's like, okay, you said it two <coughs> weeks ago, okay? <laughs> Look at my watch, calendar. I ain't seen it. Well, it's really hard when you're of the generation that stands in front of a microwave and tells it to hurry up. <laughs> you know, we got issues with that. <laughs> Maybe y'all never done if that. If God answered <laughs> prayer in 15 minutes... <laughs> And it got, it got around that that would happen within a year. 99% of the Christians would be living in mansions, driving limos with chauffeurs. I mean, they would go after stuff. They wouldn't be going after him. With no character to keep it. Right. And maintain right. They'd be running it. After to use stuff. it for his glory. I mean, there's just that scripture that says, it, what is it in Third John, bro, brother, I pray 
How is it that you that you prosper and be as your soul prospers? Yeah, yeah, pray above all things that, yes, that okay. thou is prosper. As your soul prospers. As soul prosper. Our souls need to prosper in order to receive certain things and for they for them to be a blessing. Because we can get some things and they can be a curse. Mm-hmm. Right? And there was a, there was a book at uh, and soul has to <coughs> 84 prosper. Reasons Why Jesus is Coming Back in 1984. Oh, and thousands Jesus. of people went out and maxed out their credit cards. Got loans on their houses. Just believing they're not going to have to pay it back. Now these are these are Christians, and I and, and I'm hearing about all this and thinking, these people are whacked. You know they're going to take advantage of, of what they think is a glorious homecoming, and they're going to stiff all these people that are leaving back here for money. You know they're going to owe them. And uh, but the thing, I'm, with, the thing with the timing is, you know, and then when you you end that. The enemy, okay, he works overtime. It's like, okay, he says, then he'll tell you, okay, well, you know what? You're not good enough. You know, maybe you're not good enough. <coughs> then he'll send people to say, well, you haven't, you know, you tell them, you know, you're praying to God, you haven't received yet. And then they think, well, okay, something wrong with you. Or, you know, then he'll send people that say, well, you know what? reason why you ain't get, getting it because you, you did this thing or you ain't did this and this and that and so condemnation is coming job's friends yeah i mean <laughs> just beating you up. i mean beating you up and so you know you gotta you're fighting that stuff off because okay well you know i ain't good enough you know or i did this that's why you know well you did this why god delayed it oh man you know so it's just a constant battle you know until as judas said earlier until you get a revelation of his love for you, mm-hmm. how much he loves you, mm-hmm. stuff like that, then you don't buy into that stuff. I don't buy into that stuff anymore because I'm saying, hey, because people get mad at you and say, well, that's why you ain't doing this. Okay, you know, no, okay. I know I ain't perfect, but that's he's not going to hold it back because, hey, now we can delay our own stuff by doing stupid stuff. Mm-hmm. And the enemy can delay things. Right. And when you have to know that Jesus is madly in love with you and he wants to do good for you, and when you know that and you're confident in that, you, you, you just don't get shaken off of it. Even when you're going through dark, dark times, I mean, you just don't get shaken. Right. And that's, and that, you know, and that's, the, that's where you have to rest. Because, mm-hmm. you know, your, your circumstance can get to a place where it, it, that's all you got. And every, every trial has a shelf life. Mm-hmm. Every trial ends. There you go. There's an end to every trial. When you look back, that's a word for you. I know that. That's why that's I said it. But the, the last one, I, I was going through the trial of, of my life. And uh, when I got out of it, a couple years later, I was looking back at it. And I remember I was living by myself in this little apartment, but it had a big closet. It had a light in there. And I turned that light on, closed the door, and locked myself in that closet and spent time with the Lord. And I found myself after I wasn't in that situation anymore missing that mm-hmm. and then during that time i didn't even want to wake up in the morning because i didn't care if i was alive or dead i mean i didn't but i missed that time that private time with him all alone and i never thought i would say i, I want to go back there for a little bit but i sometimes some of that time in there was precious <laughs> and for friends that i've learned we don't know why people aren't getting this or that. Or the, you know, unless God gives you a specific word that right. you can in humility go to that person and correct them. We need to just be quiet, encourage the person, brother, I, you know, God's heard your prayer. I'll stand with 
we need to just be encouragers, <coughs> but not try to figure everything out. Right. Yeah. Be the Old Testament prophet that you prophesied your sin. <laughs> well, Brother Eric, this is why mm -hmm. it ain't manifested because thou hast not such and such. Yeah, I had that. Or even just to say, you know what, brother, I don't know why, why that hasn't manifested yet. Yeah. It's okay to say, I don't know, right. rather than accuse you and condemn you of I, things I that I saw a guy right. do that at an altar call. It was witchcraft. He did it at an altar, he did an altar call. Nobody showed up. And the old-time preachers, they put feathers in their hats for the number of people that come up for the altar call. I mean, that's their big deal, right? Mm -hmm. Finally, he said, there are men here who have lust in their hearts. And you need to come to this altar, he said. I can call out names if you want me to. The whole place emptied out. <laughs> Everybody ran up front. <laughs> but if he was honest, he should have got his butt in front of all the two. I sadly believe that. It don't make no yes. sense. I mean, that, that's what I'm saying. But see, you could do stuff like that. Oh, yeah. I because it. the atmosphere would be set. I watched the guy do it. You, the atmosphere would be set, and then all you have to do, you put that condemnation out there. Yep. yep. And folk is going to run up. And, yep. be, and, you, and you go you go to those services. Like, I've been, yeah, I know what that yes. looks like. Mm -hmm. You yeah. get stirred. Mm -hmm. And then they're wiping so their the forehead with a cloth on. And then, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've seen say you know what, you know, you invite people to come up and, and for prayer and nobody comes. And then the, the preacher say something like the condemning everybody comes yeah. up at one time. <laughs> well, he said he was going to call names. When yeah. he said that, every every man yeah. in there took off. Man. Everybody yeah. Just about to yeah. Like, okay, let me but it was, a, it, was a, it was a witchcraft altar call. That's I mean, I watched right. it. It was a witchcraft Totally, totally uh, witchcrafty. Like I said, I've been, and it wasn't an altar call, but it's mm -hmm. been, it was the couple who were ministers, mm -hmm. and then the ministers, they were really sweet, actually. This one church, my mom and I, and my best friend Dennis, were all there, and like I said, the lady basically called me out right in front of everybody, and I mean, it was just, you know, there's something with that girl, and, and you got, she, oh, this is something else, she said, you have to decide if you want deliverance or not. Why do you think I'm at this prayer meeting? You know, like really, you know. <laughs> okay, but anyway, it's sad. It really. You is. know what you should have done? You should have looked at her, rolled your eyes in your head, and growled at her. <laughs> She'd have ran out the side door. I don't know now. It depends on who you're dealing with. You might, you might have got DDT'd up in there. Depends on what type of church you're going to. I might have been like on the floor. But see, the thing about when we were talking about delays and, and things, you know, I, it, it took me back to Matthew 6, right? The, the Lord's Prayer, mm -hmm. where, where he instructs us to, to ask for this day our daily bread. Mm -hmm. There's provision for today. There's provision for this day. But if my, if, if my sights are always set on what is to come, I'm I'm missing the provision that's in today, and when my when I miss the the blessing in today, then it puts me in a perpetual state of wanting and lack, and that's where the enemy can do his work when I'm lacking. Mm -hmm. Especially when you feel like you're lacking because you're substandard. Because you can't live up to, to, to whatever the measure is where you're, you know, where you're at. That, that's, 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 that's real. I, mean, I, was yeah. in, I was in that place. Yeah. We all were, I think, at one time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I thought about promises, too. You know, where God makes a promise and I, 
I've had, I'll say this way, promises in my life where I know and I really believe strong the yes is for now for me and it's been for now. Like, God wants it now. Never wanted anything to go away, whatever. But there's been things in my life that I couldn't handle the problems. Like we were talking about earlier, it's sometimes, like, for my case, I needed to be a person <laughs> first. <laughs> you know, a whole person. And then take on other ventures in life, so... You know, I mean, that's just something I want to do for women, mm-hmm. personally. Yeah. That's good. Because think about, just, just to give imagery, right? If you you want a, uh, let's just say, a 100-pound um, gold bar, okay? But your boat can only hold 50. <laughs> if somebody give you that 100-pound gold bar, what's going to happen? You're going to sink your boat. <laughs> you got your gold bar, but you're drowning. <laughs> you, you, you know, you're at the bottom. The bottom. Mm-hmm. Right? So there has to be the capacity to, to, to receive that has to be developed. Right? Mm-hmm. Even though it got your name on it. Mm-hmm. The, the, the gold bar got your name on it. Mm-hmm. But the capacity to sustain it has to be there. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. This is good. I saw David in the chat mention Matthew 18. I was going to go there anyway. So let's go to Matthew 18. <clears throat> so we've identified different different adversaries, right? Um, a misinterpretation of who God is, his character. Delays, distractions, discouragement. And we're going to look at another one. All right, so let's start at verse 15, and we go down to verse 20. <clears throat> All right. Uh, New King James says, Moreover, if your brother sins against you, go tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he hears you, you have gained your brother. But if he will not hear... Take with you one or two more, that by the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. And if he refuses to hear them, tell it to the church. But if he refuses to hear the church, let him be to you like a heathen and a tax collector. Verse 18. Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask it will be done for them by my father in heaven for where two or three are gathered together in my name i am there in the midst of them so we're looking at verse 19 to 20 we see there's some tremendous power in agreement right so if, <coughs> if if that's true, then what's the enemy's MO? Division, discord, disagreement. Mm-hmm. Right. Because if he can if he can do that, then he's disrupting this. And you see verses fifteen and seventeen where there's conflict, right? Between the brethren. And that's and that's how that division mm-hmm. is is fostered the, the, the strife and all that stuff. And then strife. 
confusion everywhere. And it's 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 door. strong. It's everywhere in this country. <clears throat> if you meet somebody, the first thing they ask you is where you go to church. As soon as you tell them, you can feel the judgment right then and there. Whether you're 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 somewhere they approve of or they don't approve of. You know, you can you know it right right away. Right, and because that, that that party spirit. Yes. The party spirit. Yeah, the party there. spirit. It is there. And it's it's every. I mean, it's crazy. It's just. I mean, just the different stuff. It could be what church you go to, mm-hmm. and and Lord knows I don't talk about politics. That that's crazy. <laughs> right, red or blue. <laughs> you know, I'm personally I'm purple. I tell people at church. <laughs> now you can't even ask anybody are you male or female. I tell people no, we have, yeah, we have, we have church in the house. Right. Yeah. And, and you can hear crickets. When you tell people you, you have church at your house, you hear crickets chirping. No, all the air leaves the room. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you. Right. <laughs> I don't know what the concept they have of that. Yeah. Right. I've had friends, you know, I'm friends with certain political people with certain political mm-hmm. backgrounds. It's kind of like a, oh, how do y'all, like, when we're on Facebook, it's called Keep Scrolling. And we love each other. There you go. <laughs> you know? <laughs> One thing I've learned to put verse 19 out on a more personal level. You know how people just come up to you and say, I need you to agree with me about such... I don't so quickly do that anymore. Because no. if I have not heard from God, <clears throat> and they maybe not have even heard from God, I'm much more careful now to say, sure, I'll agree with you. I never really thought about it before. So, okay, that's what the script... But now, I need to hear from God. How can I hook my faith to yours if I don't know that... That's from God. So I'm not really mm. to do that anymore. Remember a few a few years back, there was when a lady who was, who was going to marry Kenneth Copeland. Oh. She put it put it out that Gloria was going to die and that she was going to marry him, and they were going to start another ministry. Mm-hmm. So I mean, there's some real wax out there. Yeah, we had a lady in our church. Um, she was. Um, the, the, they were married for many years, actually. He passed on, now we had kids, grew up, everything. But anyway, before her marrying him, uh, the night before, a woman called her and told her that she couldn't marry him, that God told her that she was going to. They married, they stayed married. Or say he had health issues later, but I mean, you know, they, they had a good marriage, loved each other. It's weirdo, isn't So now the question is how do we protect ourselves from this? The party spirit, the division, strife. Don't allow it to dominate you. You might still have those thoughts, but you can't allow it to, to dominate or, or control your behavior. I don't know that you can get rid of them completely. Because okay. all of us have been brought up in Christianity and had stuff stuffed in us that you don't just take it out and throw it away. It has to, you have to, you have to work it out. Mm-hmm. Love and compassion mm-hmm. right, for one another. Right. So it it could be in in reference to you know certain Christian issues or what interpretations. It could be cultural stuff, mm-hmm. right? You know the way we view things, the way we celebrate holidays, mm-hmm. whether they're truly mm-hmm. holy days or are they mm-hmm. all pagan and all this type of stuff, right? Yep, in there. You know all that stuff. More time with the Lord. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. There you go. Listen more and speak less. I don't remember what verse that is, but I know it's there. <laughs> Be quick to hear, slow to mm-hmm. speak. 
James. Mm-hmm. That's why we have two ears mm-hmm. and one mouth. <laughs> I mean, really, just the idea. Yeah, why? Why we got? You know, we got two ears, yeah. one mouth. Just trying to imagine what some of us would be like. Uh, that girl goes skating by at the same time mm-hmm. every week. Mm-hmm. She must be on a schedule. I don't think it's uh, any coincidence that right after these passages of scriptures, Jesus goes in it talking and teaching about forgiveness you know mm-hmm. it's like basically you know somebody disagree whether it's a topic subject whatever and they say do forgive them and move on you know move on mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's it that's it i had a baptist preacher ask me how i came to know the lord and i told him he started yelling at me so who do you think you are, the Apostle Paul? He started screaming. I said, nice talking to you, man. I left. I got out of there. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Wow. That's like you chose that way, right? I mean, God did what he did. I just, I I just shared it with the guy, and the guy went nuts. <laughs> well, you know, sometimes a reaction like that can be jealousy, too. And then, you know, you hear a, you hear a story like that, you hear a testimony like that, and then you, you know, you have the thought, like, wow, I ain't never experienced that. Now, if you don't do something with that, who's going to take advantage of that thought? Mm-hmm. Your flesh and the enemy going to co- mm-hmm. co- collaborate on that. Be like, maybe, maybe you, you're not, you know, really up to par. Mm-hmm. Such and such, such and such. And then that condemnation starts to, mm-hmm. to develop, right? We kind of exposed a lot of enemies here tonight. Now, let me see. I want to go to uh, one of the religious skeptics' favorite scriptures. Um, 2 Corinthians 12. Paul's thorn in the flesh. Oh, my goodness. Let's see what this is. Okay. I'll start in... I'll start verse 5, then we'll go to verse 9. All right, I'm going to read this in the King James, old school King James. All right. Of such an one will I glory, yet of myself I will not glory, but in mine infirmities. For though I would desire to glory, I shall not be a fool. For I will say the truth, but now I forbear lest any man should think of me above that which he seeth me to be, or that he heareth of me, and lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelations. There was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I sought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Okay, now, verse 9 
Hey, God's saying no right to Paul right there, isn't it? Mm-hmm. He's, so, you know, he's asking for the, the, the thorns to be removed, and God said no. Is that what he said? Yep. No. And the religious skeptic said, amen. <laughs> he said, yeah, he said no. He answered that prayer. Come on now, come on. I, I need some bolder answers from Karis, Karis, these Karis folks in here. It was yeah. Here's the answer. Yeah, the answer. Here's the answer. You got grace to provide. Grace. My grace. It wasn't a no. You you misunderstand. You think you need me to take something away. Right. It's my grace. That caused you to overcome. The greater the struggle, the greater grace. So I mean, you know. Because sometimes we, we you know, I know coming up, we, 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 they taught it like sin was stronger than grace. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if, depending on what sin it was, it could wipe out your grace. Mm. Okay, but he's saying, you know, my grace is sufficient. You know, my strength is made perfect in weakness. So the greater the Thing the greater the grace, God's like a grace to match. For and what was his infirmity? It was it was Satan trying to kill him everywhere he went. Right. Every, every time he turned the corner, there was a crowd ready to to lynch him or or do something with him. Right. But see again, that comes it, that interpretation. The only way I can read it like that is if I'm looking at it through the lens of God's grace. Mm -hmm. Because if I'm not looking at it like that. Then I just read it like, yeah, you know, that's why you didn't get no answer to your prayer. Because sometimes he says no. Sometimes he says, says no. Yeah. I know how, sometimes he say yes. Sometimes he say no. How many sermons you never heard like that? Mm -hmm. Sometimes he say maybe. Maybe. Yeah, it's the tone of voice too. It's like you said when you read it with grace. It's like if you read it, it's like, <clears throat> my grace is sufficient for another word. It's like, no, it's like, no, God was telling him like. I've strengthened you up. You're good. You're, okay. You got this. You know. Yeah. I was talking about John sixteen thirty three too, where Jesus actually said, "He goes in this world, you will have tribulation, okay. but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world." That's so right. He wasn't telling him no. We we interpreted that, you know. Well, you know, your buddy, you just keep on Paul. You know, I was like, no, I was like, hey, I already, you already know. So what can you get out of this? That His grace is sufficient for any tribulation we go through, and it'll always be there. Right. Now let me read this in the New Living Translation and then Amplify. Verse 8 and 9 in the New Living Translation says, Three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. That's not no. My grace is all you need. My power works best you know, in I, weakness. Go ahead. I was going to say, I don't know if you remember, it was... Uh, Probably about a month ago, maybe more, you gave me great revelation on this passage of scripture. I was sharing how um, I was working a contract position over in Iraq, and it was somebody who just was just giving me fits. They just singled me out, and it was constant. And I was praying, and like, you know, you know. What what is the problem here, Lord? You know, can you remove me from this situation or him or something? And it was, I mean, he was literally a thorn in my flesh. And I mean, 
truly was the thorn of my flesh because I'm not a violent person at all. But I mean, I came close to thinking about just going upside his head mm. when nobody was looking <laughs> and just saying, man, what happened to him? Have you know, all of us, brother. Yes, sir. Man, I mean, it was the worst I've ever been through. And then you guys both, you guys said in class, you talked about the bigger picture, what God really wants in a situation. And not long after that, you know, during this situation, this guy opened up to me and and just started talking to me and just said, you know, I, I can feel like I can tell you this. He said, God told me to do, do something. And I did. I went the opposite direction. And so I said, well, you know, I said, it sounds like an easy fix. Just go back and do what you believe that he said. Mm -hmm. Two days later or less, this guy was gone and it was over. And it was like smooth sailing for me <laughs> thereafter. So, I mean... I mean, so I can't think of a better situation where this scripture applies, but God was giving me the grace to hold on, but it, it was just, I mean, it was tough and it was rough for me. Yeah. And, um, but I remember y'all talked about the bigger picture. What does God want? God wants people to be saved. You know, he wants to bring people close to him. It, salvation of course but even into a greater relationship with him and evidently i had a part to play in that before i got the end result of my prayer that's good yeah that's real good because yeah we you know if you if you worked any amount of time you know you've been in this them situation mm -hmm. where you want you want to pray one of them david prayers lord the slay of thine enemies such and such, you, you know, all that type of stuff. That, that's the type of prayer you think about. You ain't thinking about, you know, flowery stuff because folk will poke you, you know. Mm -hmm. Stuff with just, I mean, yeah. really, right? And and just think about what Paul was going through. I worked at a factory where people mocked me. They would just really mock me and make jokes. And uh, it, it, it got kind of bad. And uh, I was getting like, brother there, I was thinking about going up somebody, somebody's head. And... Uh, this same guy came up to me later, got me by myself and said, I really need you to pray. My grandmother's sick and in the hospital. And I thought, these guys don't mean what they say. They're just having fun. You know, when things get serious, that's when they want to come talk to you because they know you're the real deal. Or they don't know how to handle what they see in you. But, but for them to come and share that kind of stuff, they know you're the real deal. They know you're not playing, you know? Mm -hmm. That's good. That's good. And let me read verse 9 in the Amplified. It says, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My loving kindness and mercy are more than enough, always available, regardless of the situation. For my power is being perfected and completed and shows itself most effectively in your weaknesses. Therefore, will I all the more gladly boast in my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may completely enfold me. And may dwell in me. That he starts shouting, when I am weak, I am strong. Yeah. Yeah. So that's not a no. He's just reminding them of, of, of what, of, of who is, who he belongs to and who's in him. Okay. What, he what he's been provided. When you read about what that little man went through, and, and some guys talk about him being, <clears throat> being whipped with 
39 stripes one day, walking 20 miles and preaching the next day. And you want to say, you want to talk about tough, tough guy. Or, or God's grace working in him, yeah. you know? Getting bit by that venomous Throwing snake. it in the fire, right. no problem. Getting stoned. In the ocean, <laughs> night and day. Yeah, shit. Ro- everybody robbed him. Everywhere he went, he was being robbed. I mean, it's just crazy. Crazy. I like too where it's my strength is made, you know, in, in his, you know, his strength mm-hmm. is perfect mm-hmm. weakness because um, something that, you know, my mom and I were talking, mom and I were talking about, and I was like, you can have, I think we can all do this too, where you get a promise from God, but you try to stand on your own too, you know, or whatever you're doing, you know, whatever thing about the word, you know, I'm good, I'm, you, you get, the, you know, we all get that, I got this God, whatever, but then you kind of get real sometimes, you go, God, I'm hurting, or, I'm scared, and then when you give up, and then it's like God's like, I've been waiting all along for you to do that. You know, you're not supposed to carry it. God is supposed to, and I just thought that was cool. You know, strength is made perfect in weakness. Five times he was beaten with thirty-nine stripes. Most people didn't survive that. Man. Going back to the the outline, it says, When we approach God in an adversarial relationship, we are in unbelief. We slander his character. We don't esteem Christ, and we don't believe that what he did was enough. Instead, we're believing the devil's lives and embracing religion's views. Many intercessors believe that God is angry, that he just let people die and go to hell if it weren't for their prayers. God gives us the desire to see our country and others change so we would start releasing his power, not so we can plead for him for his mercy. Now that puts it in a different perspective, right? Next point. Instead of doing what he commands us to do, oftentimes we ask God to do what he told us to do. God has already placed inside us the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. We just need to start speaking the truth and encouraging each other to act on it. I think, look at that point B. That's the big one right there. Speaking the truth and encouraging each other to act on it. Starting to believe, believing, going, and doing as we do. The signs will follow. Believing, going, and doing. All right. last, last two few points. Satan tries to get us to take God's position, telling him to repent from the wrath that he no longer has. Begging for the Holy Spirit who's already been poured out and pleading for God to become as merciful as we are. Now think about how silly that is. As merciful as we are. <laughs> right. But see, but, but you know where that comes from. Right. Going back to that Luke 18 scripture where we where we we see God as as the one who is ready to pour out the wrath. And we are supposed to be the ones that are jumping in front of the bullet, so to speak. But the reality is there are no bullets coming from him. All the wrath was taken by who? Jesus. Jesus. 
He paid. He paid the price. He paid for it. Now, any any destruction, chaos, the things that we see in this world is just a result of what fallen world. You know, seed, time, harvest, just going in the wrong direction. But God is not, because if it won't for God for real, <laughs> would none be left. That we should be speaking God's word and demonstrating it by commanding healing, not busy interceding in our closets for an hour or more each day. This is a ploy of the enemy. Mm -hmm. So we've exposed a lot of different adversaries tonight, the way the enemy comes against us and our prayer lives. But he that is in us is greater than he that is in the world. His love for us is what? Unconditional. Everlasting. Everlasting. We can't be separated from it. And if we if that's our foundation, if that's where we rest in, that's where we can mm -hmm. pray, talk to him, and, and and be in a place where we can see results. All right, social media family, thank you for joining us once again, and we will see you next week.